0: Breaking news coming down this morning. The Broncos have released Randy Gregory, and we are gonna break it down on the DMBR Broncos podcast. I'm joined by Alexis Perry, Todd Davis, and I am Zach Stevens. All right, let's just jump right into it. What was your initial reaction when you saw that Randy Gregory was released, Todd?
1: I thought it was good for the overall team. Um I felt like Randy. His effort wasn't there, at least from the outside looking in. He wasn't a guy that was putting forth a lot of effort and really wasn't putting forth a lot of plays or game-changing plays, and that's why they brought him here and paid him, was going to pay him almost $70 million um, to do so. So I think it's good for the team. I think it shows the young guys that even if you have a starter in front of you or a guy that we paid a lot of money, as you come and make plays like Nick Benito, um, you know we'll we'll move the guy in front of you to get you on the field more. So I think it's a good um thing for the team to see and I think overall guys will play better because of it
2: yeah I think it sends a really strong message to a fairly young roster you know you have guys who are up and coming who know that they can make an impact if given the opportunity and I think now Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper these are guys you know with of course Baron Browning on his way back Frank Clark as well you know these are guys who can really start to gel um and not kind of worry about that fifth guy and and where he plays into all of this
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense doesn't it for a for both for a lot of reasons that you guys mentioned um one randy gregory was trending in the wrong direction yeah. from the moment he signed his contract even before he signed his contract this was a guy that availability issues for mm-hmm. a various uh, number of reasons were a concern when the broncos signed him do you remember there was a little delay, about a 48 hour delay from when reports were out that the Broncos are signing him to when the team actually announced? And uh, that was a little weird. Typically the team follows within like an hour mm-hmm. of the, the news leaking. And we found out at least what George Payton and the Broncos told us was, oh, it's there were weather issues. There were no weather issues in Denver mm-hmm. or in Texas where Gregory was. So it was like, huh, that's weird. Then we find out a couple of days later that, oh, Randy Gregory actually has to get surgery. Mm. And uh, that is kind of what delayed the process initially. And so right off the bat, it got off to a rocky start. The Broncos agreed to keep the contract that they had him to because they really believed in his talent. And one of the things with Randy Gregory when the Broncos signed him is he wasn't available. You couldn't count on him playing all 17 games because he never had. But the other thing was the talent is like he's a freak of an athlete he is as big as you want him to be he's as 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 athletic as you want him to be he would have been like a top five top ten pick in the draft if he didn't have off the field concerns coming out of nebraska so the talent was there and that's what the broncos are doing they were banking on talent however when you talk about availability concerns That's what popped up. It's hard to
2: show the talent when you're only playing 10 games out of a possible, what, 21? Yep. It's really hard to highlight that.
0: That's exactly it. Last year, he played in six games. This year, he was healthy for the first four games of the season, but the production didn't follow. We're talking about half a sack this season for Randy Gregory. um, And we're talking about a guy that played 10 games, three total sacks, two force fumbles, four tackles for a loss, and nine quarterback hits in a guy who got a five-year, $70 million contract. So why it makes sense is his production and value and place on the team was going down. We saw it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He was benched for Nick Benito for yep. a young guy. Um, and then also, what have we heard Sean Payton say all offseason? It doesn't matter how you got here, yep. where you're drafted, how much money you're making. I'm going to play the best player. And we haven't seen a big movement toward that yet with Sean Payton yet. Now Marvin Mims, have. a guy that's not getting paid a ton, uh, still only getting 25% of those reps. But like Lexa said, now we have, this yep. is the biggest message that Sean Payton uh, has sent. And I do think it does send a big message to the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't lie. I'm kind of jealous of that contract. Because um, <laughs> he wasn't healthy, getting all that money. <laughs> I worked really hard, and (laughs) I had to be healthy, and I had to be on point. Didn't get nearly that much. Um, Got paid, but, you know, he definitely got a big paycheck for really not producing and hadn't really produced a lot up until then. Um, It sucks to see guys go. I never want to see a guy sitting at home uh, when he wants to play football. But I think just for this team and where they were and where they're trying to get to, I think it was a necessary move, the right move. And now we have to start talking about uh, George Payton's decisions in free agency, like, I don't know really who has really panned out yet. I think Russ is looking better. But besides that, I think a lot of things for free agent signings are still up in the air.
0: Oh, it's it's not looking good for George Payton. And so there's two ways to look at this for George Payton. One is... What an awful signing. And we can just stack it on top of other moves, which I'm sure we'll get to in the next few weeks of just how tough it's been for George Payton getting here, drafting and signing free agents. But this is an awful move for George Payton. Now, you do give the Broncos some credit for saying, we realize this is an awful move and Mm -hmm. we're just going to clean our hands right away. But I think there's another reason why the Broncos, why Sean Payton didn't have any reason or any uh, issue making this move. Sean Payton wasn't a part of this signing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's easy for Sean to wash his hands, but I still think it looks really bad on George.
1: Yeah, it's not a great look. Hopefully, I don't know what to do to move on, like with him and his you know, uh, tenure as GM, but I know he was at the USC uh, Colorado game. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that's a good move, Looking a at good Caleb step. <laughs> Who knows, man, I don't know.
2: Is there a seat right now in the NFL in a front office that's hotter than George Payton's.
0: Probably, uh, I mean, you look at, no, probably not. Because even the Bears, I think they're more set with uh, the scapegoat there. Maybe not even the scapegoat. But their head coach is the one that's going to be fired. I think their GM has a little bit more of Alicia. So, no, probably not.
2: Yeah, this move with Randy Gregory, and we were kind of talking about it before the show, it's interesting because when you're talking about the productivity of Randy Gregory, it wasn't there so much before the five year, $70 million Mm -hmm. contract. So what I'm trying to figure out is just what the thought process was of why you would lock in a guy who'd had availability issues. um, When you kind of know that he's, he's not going to be there for you day in and day out. So I, I just, it puts a big fat question mark on why was this move even made? Do I think that they should have paid Randy Gregory in general? Yeah. Like I think his potential was worth, money mm-hmm. but a five-year 70 million dollar contract that's that's a lot of money
0: yeah it is 28 now the,
2: million guaranteed
0: yeah exactly and typically in a five-year deal you're guaranteeing three years the broncos only had to guarantee two years because of that availability yeah. uh um question with randy but you look at what the broncos are left with with randy's contract the broncos have 16 million dollars in dead cap this year now that's not as big of a deal because the broncos were already going to be paying him and have a lot of that cap hit already on their books for Mm -hmm. this year but a little bit more this year 6.3 million in dead cap for 2024 the broncos free up almost 10 million dollars in cap space in 2024 with this move i think we could have talked about this four weeks ago and said yeah randy gregory's not going to be on this team in 2024 unless he does something that he's never done have a 10-sack season, stay yeah. healthy for all 17 games, and produce and be that starter. So the fact that they made the move eventually, not a surprise, but the fact they did it now is Sean Payton sending that message.
2: And apparently they did try to trade him, mm-hmm. but unfortunately there were no buyers. Yeah, and so... not a
0: surprise, because if someone were to have traded for him, they would have to take on that contract. This mm-hmm. and is why it's an even an, bigger miss, though. 100%, like, Alexis. If ooh. you have someone that... 18 months ago you were willing to pay 70 million dollars to uh and have be your big time free agent signing and 18 months later no one's willing to trade for him even though the broncos were going to have to eat a lot of the salary even if they traded him and it was going to be a good deal for the next team that got him that just shows how tough it is and the broncos have been working on a trade uh, for over a week from what i've been told and there was just absolutely nothing there
1: dang not even a seventh rounder like nothing no dang that not was a even lot a of seventh
0: rounder plus saying we'll pay for some of his contracts yeah
1: dang that's tough
0: yeah it, it is tough um some other things out there uh some people are putting out that randy gregory asked for his release yesterday yeah. and the broncos complied with that i'm told that is not the truth Um, I'm told that the Broncos would not just give someone their release from asking it.
1: They still have to pay him. They're like, we'll we'll let you go if you just don't, if you just, you know, restructure your contract right now, of course. But they wouldn't just give him that knowing they still have to pay him $16 million this year.
0: No, uh, 100%. The Broncos would. Rarely do that with anyone, even like Jamal Charles. You Uh were on the team with Jamal Charles, right? Uh, And he was, his role, we thought he was going to be a beast here, at least from the outside. Mm -hmm. And then his role was just non-existent the second half of the season. And there was a lot of talk, like, do right by Jamal Charles. Release him, even though it's not going to cost the Broncos any dead cap, really. Release him, let him go sign with a playoff team. Maybe he goes back to the Chiefs. And the Broncos are like, hell no. We're Mm -hmm. not going to just help him out and help another team out. We gave him this contract. He's going to stay on our team. And then that is like multiplied by 100 when you're dealing with having to pay him $16 million this year right up front, $6 million next year in dead cap. So um, I, I've been told uh, very sternly that that was the Broncos did not just give in to a player because he wanted to be out. And if they did, I'm sure there might be a couple of other veterans on this yeah. team that are like, like See ya. wait, we're one and three. This isn't how the season was going. Wait, I can get paid right now. Yep. And I can go cash a paycheck with someone else. Yeah. yeah I'm Sutton. Ask for my, Sutton should
2: do yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna go ask for my release. That's not how it works in the NFL.
2: Yeah. That's uh absurd. That would be like, hey, can you guys pay me? I'm not gonna come to work, but yep. can you pay me? <laughs> yeah, it's just it, that doesn't work anywhere and the NFL is no different. Like, that's not how that works. Um, I think this is really just a really big big example as to the amount of power that Sean Payton has
0: Mm.
2: within that building. Yep. Because I I don't even think this was like a George Payton, like, Hey, like we're not seeing the productivity out of Randy Gregory. Let's make him. This is Sean being like, I need to send a message to my team.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So this is what we're going to do. Yep. In my opinion, I think that's how it went down.
0: No. Well, 100%. I think that's exactly how it went down. And we talked about, I, I mentioned it, I think last week how there was a national reporter that said had a piece that was written and said uh george payton's gonna have to make decisions at the trade deadline george payton's gonna have to make decisions after the season george after payton's sean. gonna have to make these yeah and and i brought up like the disconnect here between national people and know what's going on in denver this is yeah. all sean payton making these decisions these are the yep. same
2: people who are saying that russell wilson's the problem in denver right, right. now so mm-hmm. keep that in mind
0: exactly um and uh, At the end of the day, Todd, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, assistant coaches, head coaches, GMs, anyone inside an NFL building, when it all boils down to it, at the end of the day, everyone puts themselves first. And I totally understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to realize that if George Payton was putting himself first in this, he does not cut Randy Gregory right Mm -hmm. now. Randy Mm -hmm. Gregory becomes a depth piece for the rest of the season. Then they move on from him after so maybe props to George Payton for making this move but I think it's more so we know who the boss is and that's Sean
1: yeah I mean I think we kind of understood the dynamic and how it shifted when uh Mr. Pinner was in uh that press conference you know really to start the season you kind of saw a shift there and kind of went from you know George Payton will be making all the calls to you know he'll help us help us make the call so he kind of you know tipped his hat and showed us that it was kind of no longer George Payton's, you know, democracy show. or I don't know what you want to <laughs> yep. call it, but it wasn't his show anymore. Um, and I think it's a Sean Payton show. Um, I don't think he'll be the GM and head coach like Bill Belichick, but he's going to have a say in anything the team does from here on out.
2: The well. Will Lutz signing is what really said <laughs> oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's when we knew.
0: Yep. And speaking of the Will Lutz signing, the Broncos had to sign Will Lutz because they moved on from Brandon... Uh, uh Brandon McManus mm-hmm. that was Sean coming in and, sure. and saying like no no, no no we're gonna do this my way I don't need my
2: NFL PA guy that, up in my that's it that's business.
0: exactly it um this kind of follows that same direction mm-hmm. Sean saying no we're done with you and I don't care what it's gonna cost what it's going to look like We're moving on, sending that message. And speaking of moving on, the Broncos have to move on without Randy Gregory this week as their season's still alive, but they have to get a win against the Jets. Let's break into how Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito are going to do in these roles now and how the Broncos beat the Jets after I tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. We got some Broncos country pale ale on our set right now, and they are going to be flowing this weekend. Broncos. Jets, You're going to want some for this weekend. And you're going to need to pick up a 12-pack, maybe an 18-pack, because game on Sunday, then game on Thursday following right after. So head to to any liquor store, and you can get some Breck Brew. Or if you want to find exactly where to get Breck Brew, go to breckbrew.com and look at their beer locator at the top of their website, where it'll tell you where you can get every single beer of theirs. So check it out. It's the official beer of DNVR
1: and i love the fall but it definitely tells me that winter is coming and if winter is coming that means the weather is coming (laughs) and you need to make sure that you have a great roof over your head so go check out our friends at red hawk roofing denver's best roofers have joined the dmvr team they have only quality materials they have decades of experience 24-hour availability quick response time Huge DMVR supporters, so you know we love that. If you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them that DMVR sent you.
0: And really quick, one more thing um, that I thought of when I was processing this Randy Gregory news this morning. Todd, last week when you were breaking down the Dolphins Broncos game, you kept pointing to. Why is Randy Gregory just getting pushed around by wide receivers? Why is he allowing wide receivers just to block him over and over and over again? Surely he can't be coached that way. And then we had Brian Baldinger on. And who did he point to? Uh-huh. Randy Gregory getting yeah. blocked over and over and over again. And so that uh, led to his benching, what was a big reason to, to lead to his benching. And then on Sunday in Chicago, he was not the starter. And he wasn't just not the starter. At that position, the outside linebacker position, you can be in the very next play. Mm -hmm. And Sean Payton kind of minimizes when guys are benched. Uh, He said, you know, oh, there's rotations and stuff. Randy Gregory didn't have his helmet the first series. Mm -hmm. If it was just, well, it it works out for Nick Benito to be in on this first play. Randy Gregory would have had his helmet. He didn't have his helmet the entire first series standing on the sideline. So it was pretty clear to him uh, what was going on.
1: Yeah, and I know his energy, your energy speaks volumes. So I know that he was frustrated with that decision. And I don't know if not having your helmet not being prepared is like the best example to show the team that, Hey, I know I messed up. I know I'm not playing the way I need to, but I'm still your guy. I'm still ready to rock. I'm still ready to make plays for you. I still can be a leader on the sidelines. I think it just was all downhill kind of from that moment.
2: Those, there were two benchings and it wasn't so much. I don't know. Mm. Like there were two that really caught my eye. And I know you Bassi did get in the game a little bit, um, but I mean to have Jaquan McMillan in that game over East saying Starting in the nickel position was really interesting to me. And it's just funny that like we're going to look at the Dolphins tape. Some guys blown coverage for East saying obviously Randy getting pushed around. Like the following week after the Bears game, both those guys get waived and released. Yep. It's clearly like whatever we see on Sunday, if there's a guy not in that game, like that sh- there should be an asterisk on that guy. Watch him because he's probably going to get moved or something weird's going to happen with him. But It's just, um, I don't know. I just feel like the movements that are being made, especially after the Dolphins game, like if you want to look at that tape, like every guy on this Broncos defense could have been released. Yeah. And so it's like, why Isang? Why Randy? Specifically after those games. Randy, I'm not sure, like have we been able to see enough of him healthy to make this decision? And Isang, he was a bright spot throughout training camp. Mm -hmm. He had three games, three straight picks in in the preseason. To me, he looked to not be as big of a liability as a lot of other guys on the field. And these two guys are gone. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know, spitballing. I'm thinking out loud here. I'm like, why them specifically? Randy, I understand a little bit more than than E.
0: Yeah. And let's connect some dots here uh, to wrap this conversation up uh, with... Pat Sertan was here yesterday, and Mm -hmm. he told us, no, Vance is putting us in in the right spots. We're just not executing. Zach Allen told us that the day before. And uh, Sean Payton is backing those guys' comments up by not firing Vance Joseph Mm -hmm. today or yesterday or Monday, but moving on from some players. Now, I'm certainly not going to take all blame off Vance Joseph, but this is Sean saying... Okay, everyone's blaming Vance. It is not all on Vance. What these players are saying is true. It mm-hmm. is it is on these players as well as Vance.
1: I tried to tell you guys, man. <laughs> I tried to be honest, man. I think we just, we can see a lot from the outside looking in, and there's even more probably that we don't know. Like, we don't know every specific coverage that's, that's right. uh, on Sunday. So when you see a guy wide open, it may look like, you know, a safety blue coverage, but it could be that nickel, cor- nickel defender that blew the coverage. So... They see it more than we do. And like I said, I think the advance is putting them in a great job, a great position to do their job and win. They're just not executing. And I think that the release of these guys sets a precedent like, yeah. hey, you better execute or you can be next. And so I hope guys come ready to play this Sunday. It's a big game, gets the Jets a lot of talk around it um, because of, you know, things that transpired all off season. But come ready to play because Monday we could be looking at more waves and, and trades and who knows.
2: Lastly, just before I know we need to move on, Tyson K here probably had negative attitudes and were causing problems in the locker room. I don't know so much about Randy and his attitude, but somebody who I know well and I know people in the building really love and respect is Isang Bassi. Yeah. That guy did not have a negative attitude. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the it's like quintessential player that you want on your roster in terms of attitude and like the effort that he put in. That was a guy who could not have had a better attitude. And I know Christian Parker, the the defensive backs coach, is is gonna miss having a guy like that in his room because he was, yeah, everything to that room.
0: A hundred percent. And one more thing, uh news coming down right now that the Broncos are oh, activating Baron Browning off the PUP list um so i mean this just opens a spot for him right there uh it is not a guarantee that he plays this week in fact he might need a week or two to come back but um if you talk about broncos filling a randy gregory spot boom they just did there you go nick benito jonathan cooper are definitely the starters but it wouldn't be surprised if baron browning in a couple of weeks plays well enough to earn that spot so broncos already have their replacement for randy gregory didn't take long And we can't take long talking about this Jets-Broncos game because, man, this is going to be juicy. And before we dive into the juice of this game, (laughs) let's talk about how the Broncos win this game and jump into Whiteboard Wednesday here and talk about the keys for the Broncos getting a dub against the Jets. First key for the Broncos Whiteboard is Deck the Hall, and I'm talking about Brees Hall. Speaking of news coming out... The Jets said this morning that there are going to be no limitations for Brees Hall anymore. So the Broncos are going to get a full dose of Brees Hall, especially because Dalvin cook is no good. He's averaging two and a half yards per carry. So they want to give Brees Hall, especially with Zach Wilson as their quarterback at the ball as much as possible in their one win. The jets one win week one, Brees Hall had 10 carries for 127 yards and 20 receiving yards. He was probably the reason that they were able to stay in that game yeah. with Zach mm-hmm. Wilson coming in off the bench and playing. In their not, in their three losses, Brees Hall has nine rushing yards, 18 rushing yards, and 56 Dang. rushing yards. And the 56 rushing yards was last week in the closest game that they've had. So it, Brees, Brees Hall rushing yards, 100%. Uh, correlates with how the jets do so broncos contain him i mean you can hold him to 60 yards probably even 80 yards and still win this game just don't let him go for over 100 yards and you should win this game and then just to to correlate to that zach wilson the only time that they've won he threw 21 passes every other game he's thrown an average of 34 passes so again they're gonna try to to win this game with Brees hall don't let him do it okay
1: i think that's key because the broncos really haven't stopped the run all that well um this season whether it was against the miami dolphins or the chicago bears chicago really has some open running lanes and ran the ball really well against them and yeah. we all know what the dolphins did so this is a big key for them uh, hopefully josie is back because he's a good run stopper for them um but I, I agree this is a huge key
0: yeah let's hit our next key for this game the broncos need to yeah here dial Slow it up for us trickle don't hack it
1: yeah basically you don't need to play like nathaniel hackett i think we need to go out there and play um sean payton's brand of football um don't let hackett come in here and embarrass us please because we will not hear the end of it all the smash all the trash we talked um throughout the off season i'm backing it up i'm a broncos fan i'm rocking with sean but as a fan and a former player, I need you guys to step step up and do not let Nathaniel Hackett walk out here with a win because we will not hear the end of it.
2: Count down that play clock, baby. Let's <laughs> <Exactly>. go. <laughs>
0: oh, it's going to be a blast, and we're going to really dive into the drama tomorrow. Let's get to our next whiteboard. Yeah,
2: here's over here. He yeah, needs yeah, to be over here. He's running
0: around here. Uh, you're here. Hit it for us. What we need next. Taking candy from yep. a baby. Taking
2: candy from a baby because baby face Zach Wilson. He has struggled mightily this season. And, of course, the Broncos defense, they absolutely have to capitalize on that. We did see a flash of who Zach Wilson could be mm-hmm. Sunday night against the Chiefs. But I think overall, I mean, the fumbled snap says it all. And that's a situation where this week when Zach Wilson gives this team an opportunity to make a big play cause a turnover. They absolutely need to take advantage of that and and get the ball back for this offense because the offense is uh, moving pretty well. So the more possessions for Russell Wilson and, and these guys the better. So defense needs to get out there, do their job and take candy from Babyface Zach Wilson.
0: I love that. I love that. Let's hit the next one, which I think goes along with this no presence for Hackett. The Broncos will win this game. If they don't lose this game, uh, they sound ridiculous, (laughs) but this game, uh, it's not like the Chiefs where next week when the Broncos are playing the Chiefs, the Broncos will have to do things to win that game. They will have to hit big plays. They will have to hit deep shots. They will have to pick off uh, Patrick Mahomes and make some plays themselves. If the Broncos don't lose this game by turning the ball over and over and over and over and over, that's four overs. If they don't turn the ball over four times, they really should win this game because the Jets only win this season. You guys remember it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Allen was just giving candy to the Jets uh, Mm -hmm. on defense. He was just literally lobbing up passes. He threw three interceptions to the same player and also had a fumble in that game he was just giving them the ball uh and that led to the jets only win broncos are going to have to do something similar like that to lose to the jets this week um because in their other games they had zero turnovers or or the jets had zero takeaways against the cowboys and the patriots their two biggest losses of the season
2: picks that game yeah exactly
0: they they had um two turnovers against the chiefs and that's why they were able to keep it Close with the Chiefs is because of those. So just don't turn the ball over an excessive amount, and you should be be okay in this game.
1: Okay. Yeah, this is a really good defense, man. We got to stay um, on point and keeping track of the ball. You know what it is. We talked about the percentages when you lose a turnover battle. We cannot lose a turnover battle this week.
0: Yep, absolutely. Next one, let's hit it rumble young man rumble
1: this is a quote from the great <laughs> okay. Muhammad it hey, would have sounded
0: way cooler if Todd said it just it's all good no he <laughs> did a good it.
1: job no, no I'm it. not gonna say it again I think Zach did a good job you <laughs> Thank know you, shout Todd. out to Zach um yeah this is talking about Jaleel McLaughlin and Marvin Mims I think it's on them um they're the bright shining spots of our team right now and we're winning games because of them um, I had some conversations about Russell Wilson uh, with people and I think he's doing a great job but we're not losing games because of Russell Wilson but we're also not winning games because of Russell Wilson, but we are winning games because of these two young guys mm-hmm. and we need to find more ways to get them the ball, get them out in space and allow them to run and rumble. Young man, rumble. Do your Ooh. thing, boys.
0: <laughs> I love it. He did say it. <laughs> I'm so glad he said it. it. it, in said it in there. There. I'm so glad he said it. And final key here for the Broncos is Money McLaughlin.
2: Yeah, to really, you know, bounce off of what Todd just said. Money McLaughlin, I mean, I just think this Money Mac would be a great nickname for Jaleel McLaughlin because Mm -hmm. he is money. And I think he will be this Sunday up against gang green. They do have a really good run defense. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown this season. But I think we can all agree. Jaleel McLaughlin is absolutely electric. I really love what Todd said earlier this week. The way that he can start and stop makes him so fun to watch. He, of course, forced six missed tackles on just seven rushing attempts against the Bears, over 100 yards from scrimmage, including 72 rushing, 32 receiving. I just think the more we see Jaleel McLaughlin on the field, the better this team is. Um, And I agree with you also with Marvin Mims. So, yeah, Money Mac, feed Jaleel. Let's go.
0: More Marvin, more uh, Money Mac. (laughs) Mac. We need more young guys, and I certainly think that's what the Bronx is going to do. And speaking of Jaleel we're going to follow Javante Williams' progress all throughout yeah, this week because hate- there's a chance that he doesn't play. He's probably not going to miss extended time, but a guy that's been dealing with an injury for the past year now has another one. Maybe he he doesn't heal as quick and isn't back this next week, and if he's not, I wouldn't be surprised if Jaleel is the Broncos starting running back. Uh, and speaking of playing games, if you want to play games, check out our friends over at Splash Sports where they have some awesome contests going on and they have the weekly pick X contest for everyone to participate for real money go to splashsports.com/dnvr we also have the link in our description and it's on the screen right now if you're tuning in via youtube you deposit cash and enter dnvr's weekly pick X contest for just $20 and the more people who enter the league the bigger the prizes are and there are some huge prizes so check out splashsports.com Slash DNVR to get in and get in on the winning. Uh and we'll have different contests coming out. So we're stoked to compete with you and against all of you guys. So make sure to check it out. Click that link in our description.
2: And I would like to give a shout out to FUBO TV, given the fact that I was feeling a little under the weather on Sunday. I wasn't able to make it here to watch the game at the DNVR bar. And thanks to FUBO, I was able to watch at home because I have officially cut the cord. I've been using FUBO. Mm. Because I need to watch the Nuggets. I need to watch the Avs. And they are all on Fubo TV. So if you guys already know this, 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live from any device that you have. Uh, watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. And you could start watching immediately with a free trial. There is no contract. I love that. No yeah. cable, yeah. which I absolutely yeah. love. No hassle. All you have to do is sign up and start watching over a thousand hours of cloud, DNVR included, at no extra charge. Guys, I think PAC, t- the Pac-12 network is something that you can watch. So this Saturday, yep. CU versus ASU, yep. you need FUBO TV. Download it to watch your buffs get a big win over ASU.
0: Did you guys hear that little About chime a couple of seconds ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that? our guy, Brian Baldinger, joining the show. We love this segment. And Brian, I mean, you're coming in off some breaking news for the Broncos this morning. Wanna get your reaction to the Broncos who signed Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million contract just 18 months ago, releasing him today. What type of message does this send to the team?
3: Well, that wasn't, you know, Sean Payton signing. You know, that's Sean Payton looking at and evaluating this roster, going, okay, we've got the 32nd-ranked defensive football. We couldn't stop Justin Fields in the the first half. We can't get to the quarterback. And Randy Gregory is supposed to be this high-priced ticket. Look, Sean Payton watched Cam Jordan line up and beat every single tackle in this league, you know, for the last 12 years. He knows what a great defensive end looks like. Randy Gregory couldn't beat a rookie tackle last week. He couldn't beat a backup left tackle last week. You go back to the week before against Miami. Austin Jackson is an average right tackle in this business. He gets covered up because the coach is really smart. He couldn't beat any of those guys. So if you're not winning and you're not producing and you're from another regime, you send the message. Like it could be the next, you know, the next person from the former regime, right. That isn't producing like he'll show them the door. Sean Payton has no problem cutting ties with players that just don't fit what he's looking for.
1: I love that. I feel like that's exactly what Sean needs to do. Cut everybody who's not working out <laughs> to your scheme. <laughs> um, I saw that your breakdown of Jaleel McLaughlin's uh, touchdown, his screen. Um, I thought it was very insightful, and I love the way that you brought up, uh, pointed out Quinn Miners. You know, the offensive line, I feel like, played much better that game and was able to get out and block people in space for the running backs to create uh, more offense. I wanted you to just talk a little bit about what you saw from the offensive line and how much better they looked last week as opposed to other weeks.
3: Well, I mean, honestly, um, the only worst defense compared to Denver's at this point, in large part because of what (laughs) happened to Miami or Chicago. I mean, Chicago, like they made no sense what they were doing. Now, they blitzed a lot last week because the week before against Kansas City, they sat there in these zones and Pat Mahomes just cut them up. So they blitzed a lot more. They played a lot harder. They did a little few things schematically. But, look, I've been watching Jaleel since training camp, honestly. And sometimes training camp – you can be fooled. You can't. You can go, okay, it's preseason. Who's out there? Who's he beat? But you, you can't deny his foot quickness and his vision. And, you know, not everybody can catch a little three-count screen and take it to the house. You know, I'm Christian McCaffrey could do it. Not everybody can do it. And he did that. And then he made a number of runs. Like, he, he looked like the only explosive player they had for the first three quarters of that game. And that's not to knock Samaje or anybody else. He just looks like he needs more touches. But the screen, like, that's a great finish. It's a great finish. You're out there. Quinn did a good job getting out front, you know, getting downfield. You know, he ran right behind Highway 77 right there. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Nice play.
2: Yeah, you know, I think from the fan perspective here in Denver, after that game, obviously, we're high on Jaleel McLaughlin. We're high on Marvin Mims. But here in Denver, we're feeling some lows, like, Okay, we wanted to win that game, but they didn't look good in the first half. And X, Y, Z. From the national perspective, like, what is the reaction to the Broncos beating the Bears? Because here in Denver, and Sean Payton's reaction was like, "Who cares? We we should have beat them by a lot more, and we should be a better team overall."
3: I mean, <laughs> kind of I mean, it's, I mean, honestly, but like, there's nothing like getting on a plane ride and going home with the win. Yeah. don't you know. Like, you put up 17 points in the fourth quarter. You, you, you know, I mean, you can look at it a lot of ways. Like, how do we? How were we down? You know, what was it, 28-7, whatever it was. Like, how were we down like that? But we came back. So, you know, and you did it with a lot of young guys and been yeah. doing it with young guys. You know, maybe that's the future. You know, Marvin men has been doing it now two weeks in a row. Uh, Jaleel got his big opportunity last week. And he produced. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think those kids have opened Sean Payton's eyes. Period. And I think you're going to see a lot more of them. Um, so look, it's, it's a win. You know, they're not the worst team in the league uh, after they probably felt that way on the ride home from, uh, you know, from Miami, but that's uh that's a good feeling winning that game.
0: Yeah. And this next game coming up for the Broncos has all the juice uh, for off field reasons, Broncos jets playing. I know you're close to the jets organization. Uh, what, what's this game like for Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets? Because Sean Payton in training camp not only called out Nathaniel Hackett, but he also called out the Jets organization for doing hard knocks, even though that wasn't their choice to do. They were forced on that. But uh, what, what, what's, what's the vibe for the Jets going into this game?
3: Well, it's motivation. It, it's straight motivation, you know? And look, they, they need a win. They've lost three in a row. They had a chance to beat the world champions last week. They couldn't finish it. Um, they looked better last week than they did the week before against the Patriots. So, you know, I mean, I think they're, they're going to start the same offensive line for the third week in a row for probably the first time in years. You know, so like they, the quarterback made some plays that, hadn't, that he hadn't made and he, outside of the fumble, took care of the ball. Look, what Sean said, he said, and they can use it any way they want. It, it really isn't going to matter until you get on the field. And nobody's going to play harder because Sean Payton said something about their offense coordinator. You know, and so it's really about preparation this week. I mean, the Jets beat them last year. Um, You know, it came down to final throws, and Sauce Gardner was just better than Cortland Sutton. You know, at the very end of that game, I'm sure everybody's watching those plays all over again. And it might come down to those kind of throws at the end this year year with Russell Wilson and Marvin Mims or Cortland, whoever. Mm. So, or Brandon Johnson, whoever it might be. So, I I think, you know, we've talked about it's, you know, the NFL is awesome at – They don't have to write any storylines. They create themselves. This got started back in July. That's fine. Um, I've talked to Nathaniel Hackett about it. One day he'll come clean about his experience in Denver, but it's not the time. It's not the place. And so it wasn't just his doing. It was, you know, it was an entire organization failure last year. Sean's got to clean it up, and I'm sure that was part of it, part of him saying that. It's time to clean this mess up. You can't put it on the doorstep of Nathaniel Hackett. But – you know, like everyone's going to talk about it. Those sound bites we played all week long, all the pregame shows on Sunday. But at the end of the day, the players got to kind of block it all out. And they got to find both teams desperately need to win and feel like they can win the game.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great matchup for the Broncos right now. You know, this is a really good defense that they're going up against, against the offense that's, you know, trying to put things together. And um, looking better week in and week out. Uh, you talked about Cortland and Sauce. I think this is a huge matchup not only for the team but for Cortland, i think this is a way for him to show that he can be an elite uh wide receiver in the nfl and really be able to make plays are there any other matchups in this game that you're excited to see and guys that you really feel like need to compete in order to help their team win
3: well you know the jets are, you know jets and really all the, the best defenses in the nfl right now and i mean it's in in light of you know randy gregory you know getting shown the door today honestly the, the best defense is all built around a front four and where all the resources go there. I and mean, the Jets have spent the last two number one draft picks on defensive ends, free agencies, you know, uh, Carl Lawson, uh, Quentin Williams just got a $100 million contract this year. I mean, all the resources are in their front. And so if, if you ask me what's the next matchup, I'd go, you've got to handle Quentin Williams. I mean, Chris Jones can do it. Aaron Donald can do it. Quentin Williams can do it. Jeffrey Simmons, there's six guys in this league that can literally dominate a game from the interior. And so if you don't, if you allow yourself to be one-on-one, if Cushenberry or Quinn, or like you pick a guy, if they're one-on-one with Quentin Williams, it's a handful, not many guys can handle him. He's powerful, he's slippery and he plays hard and he's sick of losing. So that, that'd be one matchup for sure. And then like whoever, whether they put Sertan on Garrett Wilson, like I don't know if he'll travel, but Garrett's the best offensive player. And so the ball's going to him. Third down, red zone, they need a touchdown, uh, go balls. They're going to Garrett. Like he's an elite, elite player. But so is Sertan. So maybe this is a week where you see that kind of a matchup. I mean, I'd pay StubHub, you know, inflated prices to go watch that matchup. (laughs) You
2: know, speaking of Garrett Wilson and the Jets' offense, uh, Zach Wilson, he's obviously coming off a great game. He went, what was it, 28 of 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns in a game which many people are saying, you know, the Jets were absolutely robbed in that game. Did Zach Wilson finally hit his stride with Nathaniel Hackett, or was that just kind of an outlier because, you know, the the Chiefs' minds are just flooded with Taylor Swift songs right now?
3: <laughs> I don't think the defense is thinking about, uh, you know, what Taylor Swift's <laughs> doing up in the box. Um, that's a great, like, I thought, honestly, I thought the Chiefs were the best defense in football going into that game. For sure. Now, they're still very good. I mean, there was – their two corners can run with anybody. They're, they're built well, and they got a great coordinator. I mean, the guy's won three Super Bowls now as a defensive coordinator, but um, Steve Bagnola. But I think that you have to I, – I, I think Zach Wilson, you, all you had to do is look at his teammates at the end of that game. Like, you know, if anybody thought that this locker room was splintered in New York and the players are like, give, go trade for Kirk Cousins, do something crazy. Right. Like, the players had his back. And that can only build confidence with him. And be honest with you, I like Nate Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't, you know, whatever happened in Denver happened. But I like him. I've known him a long time. I think he's a good teacher. Um, everybody has to execute whatever the plan is, whatever the plays are. Um, you know, it's up to the players. The coach can only call the plays, put the design together. But I, I believe that you know Zach Wilson. Um, I was as frustrated with him as anybody else, any fan in New York. But he showed me a lot last week. And this game is all about building kids' confidence. And when they get confidence sometimes, they play even beyond their talent level. So who knows? Like, I think it's going to hit it pretty confident this week. But maybe that's up to Denver to take it out of them
0: so baldy that that leads into my next question perfectly two struggling units through this season the jets offense they did pick up a little steam mm-hmm. but still a struggling unit mm-hmm. going up against the broncos defense and i mean you said it the worst defense in the nfl in terms of points per game uh they made justin fields look great last week specifically in the first half who has the advantage between these two groups that are going up against each other
3: mm, i i always thought that it's a hard place to play in denver i'm I, I played up there in my career seven times. I didn't win one stinking game. Like I always thought it was just a hard place to play. So, um, but that's not, you know, that's kind of a mental thing. I don't know where the Jets are traveling, or whatever. But I think right now uh, the Denver's defense, like, okay, they pitched a shutout in the fourth quarter. Okay, they played much better. Nick Benito got one, scored one. Like maybe it's time, like some of these young kids that are playing out there right now, Maybe it's time just to grow up and be NFL players, and you know, and, and realize that you know the defense has got to make plays in this business. They got to find a way to do it, um, off bootlegs, interceptions, tip balls, whatever it is. Not going to be good to see them knock the ball loose. for crying out loud. So those kind of things, it's on the defense. So I, I think the, I think it's up to the Denver's defense to show up and see if they can build off what they did in the second half last week.
0: Mm, I love that. Final question for you. Does Denver's defense show up? Do the Broncos get the win over the Jets here?
3: Mm, I'm not good at the prediction game. (laughs) I'm really not. Uh, But I'll say this. I I think, you know, because of, honestly, because of what uh, Sean said this summer, like this game is going to have a lot of emotion to it. You know, you're going to see Jet players saying things on the sideline to Sean. Sean's probably going to give it right back to him. Mm -hmm. Like sideline stuff, it's going to be chippy um you know i i expect this game to be highly intense it's not going to be two one and three teams um going out i think it's going to be played at a much higher intensity level and so usually in those kind of games it's who can actually stay calm in the storm Mm. of all (laughs) that that comes out to be the winner
0: Mm, i love it i love it we're looking forward to this game we're looking forward to talking to you next week when the broncos have a short week playing the chiefs thanks so much for your awesome insight
3: brian don't don't ask me like how many games in a row the Broncos have lost to the Chiefs. All right, I don't want to say. We've lost count. Oh, we know. Yeah. We know all too well. Week. All right. Yeah. All Thanks, Baldy. Right, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, awesome insight! I mean, we get some jaleel McLaughlin, Christian McCaffrey. I know comparisons. Mm-hmm. Great answers and insight from our guy Brian Baldinger. And let's speaking of great insight, let's talk to our listeners. After I tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook to get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly when you place a five dollar bet over at DraftKings Sportsbook after you use the code DNVR when you sign up. DraftKings is giving you $200 in bonus bets. Now's a great time to do a college football all day Saturday, NFL all day Sunday. And uh, you can start this. You can get those bets by betting on the Commanders and Bears tomorrow. What a terrible terrible Thursday night football game. In fact, I think it's the second year in a row that we've got commanders bears on Thursday night football. So have we moved into that point of the season where now they're just putting bad games on Thursday night football?
2: I, I mean, no, then I was going to say, <laughs> um, then we should have been on Thursday night football last week. Cause Broncos and bears was about no, as bad as it was going to be, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe. So you can get $200 in bonus bets by betting on that game. So go to the draft, uh, the app store, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use that code DNVR. And if you have a gambling problem call 1 800, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope, New York, or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 789 777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensing partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 21- plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario c sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility terms and responsibly gamble resources bonus bets expire after seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply
2: it's always my favorite Woof, part of the pod made it. when you I made off. it
0: through and we made it through to the comment section yeah here do we have any super chats we need to get to yeah, we got a couple here. First one coming in from Mile High. Sign says, "So George Payton didn't sign Vaughn when he wanted to come back, and instead signed Gregory. What the heck? This is why <laughs> you keep your legends. Seat just got hotter, George. I think there's no doubt about the seat getting hotter and hotter. And Alexis, I think you asked the right question. Does George have the hottest seat in terms of front office people?
2: Yeah, I th- I think he might at this point." Um, you know, when you just think of some of the moves that have been made and I, I want to talk about the Caleb Williams thing really quick too. speaking of George Payton and him being out at the CU USC game the other day, like the idea that one player can fix an organization like mm-hmm. as if Caleb Williams is the answer, like the the lack of assets that this team has right now in terms of draft picks and capital and X, Y, Z, like it just begs the question of like, why even look for Caleb Williams? Because you need so many other pieces that we've seen week in and week out that like, I, I don't even know why we're even discussing that, but back to this. Yeah. I think George Payton is on the hot seat, which sucks. Cause I love George. George is one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And I know he has such an amazing football mind, but just some of these decisions from spending as much money as we did on Russell Wilson and not bringing back Vaughn and trading Brad and, uh, I don't know.
0: Yep, yep. A lot, lot of tough to Merp. say. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was 100% a George Payton decision. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ellis, who was also uh, the other leader of the team when they mm. hired Nathaniel Hackett, he knew that the team was going to be sold. So he said, yeah. I'm staying out of this. George, this is all on you. And we know how that went down. So yeah, that, yeah, or that postseason
2: decisions. press conference after the firing of Nathaniel Hackett said yeah. everything, kind of like what you talked about earlier with Greg Penner. Um, the way that Greg Penner took over that press conference mm-hmm. and George just kind of sat there fairly quietly. It just said everything about the direction the team was heading in and who was really in charge. So I think once your GM loses the vast majority of his power, yeah, I don't I don't know what's next other than to move on.
0: Yeah, and so we have some people saying, well, George is a great uh, ta- evaluator Facts. of talent, which is true. Um, can he just become like the assistant GM? no that's not how it works when you are fired you're fired you're fired. You're, you're not you're not demoted i don't know if i've ever seen it happen uh, and that's just not how it works We in almost the
2: saw it a little bit with Fanchio possibly coming back this year. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but he, even he left,
2: it, though. But he left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then coming back, that would have been, I mean, we've seen it with VJ.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do
2: you guys like that?
0: Yeah. Oof. <laughs> and people don't like it a lot. And the uh, last super chat coming in from the Blind Swordsman says, Frank Clark should be next so he can be a Swifty. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is not uh, if this season or certain players continue to play the way they're playing. This won't be the last move that the Broncos made. Sean Payton isn't just um, going to make one move and then be like, nope, I've sent a message. He's not afraid to continue to make moves. And I think Frank Clark is someone that you can point to and say, maybe that's a guy because the Broncos also have Jonathan Incombe on the team right now, who is a young outside linebacker. Frank Clark, if he's going to be a backup outside linebacker, getting paid five and a half million dollars and, uh, he doesn't like his role and he uh, you know creates issues behind the scenes he hasn't done that yet but if that if that happens cuz he's upset with his role Broncos will absolutely move on from him
1: yeah i think no matter what this Broncos roster will look a lot differently next year mm. um, even if they get on a high streak win you know five of the last six games i think no matter what um you're going to see a lot of people leave this team um and it'll be a fresh start next year no matter what
2: I have a style question for you, Todd. (laughs) Do you like the Frank Clark pearls, like the diamond pearl necklace? I'm not a
1: big fan of the pearls. Like, that's just not my thing. I think it's, they started with Chanel, like, you know, Chanel has pearls all in their jewelry. And I think a lot of guys are biting that, but I'm not a guy that wears pearls. I like diamonds and maybe even different, like, because for the sapphire, different stones in there. I'm not a big pearl guy, though.
0: Okay. I was just curious. (laughs) I I love that. That's the type of insight we need. Uh, We actually have another Super Chat coming in uh, um, from Josiah. says, if we lose this week, where does that leave us back into rebuild mode? Um, We will uh, quickly know where this team's going because there's going to be no time for conversation about rebuilding next week because it's all right on to Kansas City. If in the next eight days the Broncos lose two games and they're sitting at one and five, it's going to be very clear where the Broncos are going. And there's really no scenario in my mind where the Broncos lose to the Jets uh-huh. at home and on a short week travel to Kansas City NBA. and beat Kansas City. Yeah. Um, so if the Broncos lose to the Jets in four days after that we're gonna be talking about a one in five team
1: yeah i think i think we are rebuilding i think we've been rebuilding i think every team in the league that's not a top 10 team is building to some extent so yeah. i think ever since peyton manning has left i think we've been in a rebuilding state and we're just still in it now
2: and todd just said that he was like this team's gonna look a lot different next year yeah, yeah that's a rebuild
0: yeah it certainly will especially after the broncos um miss the playoffs if that if that's what they do you hear what are you saying Oh, he's got uh, some DMs for me. Sliding into my DMs is you here. Um, and let's actually we have some super chats from yesterday as well. It's not that it's not sliding into my DMs like I was thinking. No, was. I, was, <laughs> I was I was I was going
1: to ask. I know like you here is Mary, but I would love to hear his like his plans for sliding in DMs.
0: Mm, yeah, you want to <laughs> you want to comment, you here? <laughs> I'm getting in trouble if I say anything. I'll tell you yeah, that i you. I was going to say yeah, as the female the on the fifth, set. The shut fifth. up, you hear? Don't say anything. <laughs> um so we we didn't get to all the super chats yesterday and i apologize for that but when we have pat on and some other guests we might not be able to get to all the comments on the website or even all of the super chats but we want to make sure that we got to them today and the first one from yesterday coming in from kyle uh and it's probably these are probably toward um pat but we're still gonna read him anyway says hey guys headed to denver from the state of maine this weekend it's my first broncos game been a fan for 28 years huge ps2 fan here i already know this but it's your time to show sauce your number one and i can't wait for that it's it's uh there's so many fun storylines in this game that are getting overshadowed by uh some other bigger storylines fiasco yeah the fiasco as sean put it and next one coming in from uh Danny who says uh sauce who great win bear been a Broncos fan since the days of Lionel Taylor and McDaniel Wahoo McDaniel <laughs> uh, says please don't ever tank. What's up with Gregory? Well, yeah. that was well. question was asked yesterday. <laughs> yep. Pretty impressive right uh, there. insight there, yeah.
4: <laughs> Go buy a lottery ticket
0: right <laughs> Got now. Got an yeah. immediate
2: answer. <laughs> you yeah. certainly
0: did. And Broker comes in and says, Mr. PS2, why aren't you playing more man-on-man uh, at, with teams number one? Uh, as a fan, it's annoying to see you lined up on the other side of the field when opponents without the opponents number one. Will you guys play more man coverage Versus the soft zone that's failing. Um, Pat probably wouldn't have answered that question Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to give anything away. But I'll tell you what. When Pat was sitting in your seat yesterday, Todd, he said uh, in the second half, we moved to more man and a lot more man. And a smile came over his face. Um, If Pat can decide what the Broncos do, it's going to be more man.
1: Yeah, he definitely wants to play man to man. Um, and it's tough because I, I would like to see him travel more, too. But it's t- It's also tough when you pick man because not only Pat has to play man, but everybody across the board has to play man. And you have to make sure that those matchups all work out for you as a defense. So I think that's why they're doing a lot of mixing man and zone because zone is usually easier, especially for cornerbacks and safety. So you got to be able to mix it in.
2: Yeah. Pat, man to man, also means Damari Mathis man-to-man, so just saying.
0: That's fair, that's fair. Dylan
2: Smith says, I'm just
0: getting back from serving deployment and tried to get to the Chicago game. I will get to meet y'all one day. Keep doing great things, Pat. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for your service. Mm -hmm. Welcome home, and we can't wait to meet you soon as well um all right that's going to do it for super chats we do have two questions on the website first one coming in from jersey bronco says uh i copied this from monday's podcast and says i was actually starting to believe i would sit in traffic leaving MetLife stadium at midnight with a smile on my face after after watching zach wilson outplay patrick mahomes then they pull a typical jets move and rip the fans hearts out refs conspiracy theories acceptable as well either way no games left on our schedule should be considered favorites the jets defense looks legit and our defense made justin fields look like mahomes the defense finally stepped out to close out the game strong but this team hasn't earned much faith from me they need to keep showing it the wife and i really wish we could have made it to the denver game for the jets this year to anyone thinking about it DNVR tailgate is the way to go. Love all the new additions to the pod. Alexis, Jimmy Palmtree's PS2, random RK sightings, and Super Bowl <laughs> champ Todd Davis. The Broncos may be a borderline laughing stock of the NFL, but DNVR is a championship cali- caliber pod. Much love from Jersey.
2: What a nice guy.
0: Yeah, love that. Love Jersey, Bronco. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if the Broncos in back-to-back weeks... Make justin fields look like an mvp guy and zach wilson look like an mvp quarterback i'm gonna be so concerned for what thursday night against patrick mahomes looks like Like an
2: actual yeah. mvp quarterback yeah. <laughs> yes
1: because i think you know football is at least 80 85 percent mental like i think right now zach wilson feels like you know going up against the Chiefs defense i did pretty good made some mistakes towards the end but he looks at our defense as an opportunity for him to really put his best foot forward so we got to come to play because that's he's going to be confident coming in. Maybe that confidence leads him to make some mistakes, but he's going to feel like he can move the ball on our defense, and it's on our defense and show them that they can.
2: Yeah, Zach Wilson is absolutely licking his chops this week heading into this game. As long as he's not feeling himself in the first half like <laughs> Justin Fields was, <laughs> I mean, that confidence like we saw Sunday night against the Chiefs can do wonders for someone. We yeah. saw it Sunday afternoon with Justin Fields. Like, absolutely cannot let him get into any kind of rhythm also interesting though it's worth noting that only one of his interceptions thrown this year uh was when he was under pressure
0: zach yeah interesting very
2: interesting yeah Yeah. when he was blitzed he uh he's only thrown one pick
0: wow that is that is fascinating i wouldn't expect that from him
2: i from a young guy usually when they're under pressure you see them make more mistakes but no it's uh it's when he's uh untouched Mm. and and, clean pocket
0: and how about the crowd getting into this too zach wilson was at home last week (laughs) and a very comfortable environment for him now put the pressure on him the Mm -hmm. crowd get loud Be behind that defense as brian said uh and and todd you know from playing here so many times this is a tough place to play especially when the crowd is in it unfortunately we just haven't seen the crowd that into it and that's not the crowd's fault it's because the 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 uh, Broncos haven't been showing up for a while but this is a game that I think has a lot of juice and I do think the crowd's going to bring it
2: I cannot wait.
0: And final comment coming in from the count who says in this copycat league, I don't understand why more teams don't use more motion packages, giving fast wide receivers a chance to be nearing full speed by the time the rock is snapped. And I don't know why this hasn't been a thing for as long as the next generation speed stats have been available. Imagine Marvin Mims getting a few extra steps before the defender. Is this hard to defend Todd? What are the downfalls to adding more motion? Love the count.
1: I think it's really hard to defend, and I agree that more people should put it in, especially for guys like Marvin Mims. Um, uh, for our offense, I don't know if there is, is much downside. I think guys have to understand the snap count and understand when guys are moving and when they can take off. But besides that, I think it's just good all the way around for the offense, just like that tush push for um, the Eagles. I don't understand why every team doesn't do that. I don't see any downside to that to, for the offense. So, um, yeah, they definitely should increase their motion game.
0: How about the tush push this weekend four teams tried it mm-hmm. did you see all four teams that did it
1: i feel like they just didn't they didn't really try they just thought that they could line up and do it but i didn't feel i didn't see the effort
0: it yeah it looked completely different it, yeah. it did not look like they were just copying the eagles exactly. Looked like they were trying to uh-huh. but they didn't practice it enough because only the eagles were successful hmm. in the tush push um and when they do it, it just looks so good. Mm-hmm. It looks so unstoppable. It's like, why doesn't every team do it? Well, the other three teams weren't as good, but I, I would like to see the Broncos try it yeah. once. Um, and that's just that's just all about leverage uh, and want to. And effort, and, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and this Broncos offensive line, uh, they might not be that good at pass protection, but they're here to be good in the run game yep. and getting that initial push and getting low. So I'd love to see Ben Powers and, and Quinn Miners show the power that they have up front and try that with Russ.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I'm team... Tush push. So let's go. Yes. Why not? Uh and let's Should we try it this week? <laughs> yes.
0: A fourth and, and one for sure. Oh man, I'd love it. And let's go. We gotta go to the Broncos facility. Talk to Sean Payton about this move of moving on from Randy Gregory. So stay tuned to the dnvr.com Stay tuned to DNVR underscore Broncos on Twitter. Follow Alexis, Todd, and myself on Twitter as well for all the latest updates. And we're gonna be back. To break down the juice, to squeeze all the juice out of this game, tomorrow's podcast, 11 a.m. Thank you so much for all rolling with us today.